Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. But first, let's kick off with the papers. I'm also joined by Aidan Donnelly from Davies to walk through that and the markets. Good morning to you, Aidan. Good morning, Emmett. How are you? Good for a Friday and nice sunny weather. It's amazing how clear it is when you get up this early in the morning. Bit of a surprise. <laughs> um, but let's have a little canter through what we have. We have uh, John Fitzgerald, by the way, in saying price controls won't work. Sorry, it didn't work in the Soviet Union and won't work here. That's uh, on the front of the Irish Times. But getting into the more newsy side of things, we have uh, a big blazing headline across the front of the Irish Times business section about Barry Row. This is this oil and gas field off the core coast, a, a bitter display building up there Aidan and big money being mentioned as possibly uh, part of a lawsuit there can you just walk us through the the general uh, elements of that story yeah it's a big story by Joe Brennan this morning and really it flows on from the from um, Eamon Ryan's decision last week not to grant a a, a license uh, to Barry Rowe so basically what uh, Joe was covering the fact that um Barry Rowe had the option to, or had the uh, opportunity to merge with a much bigger, uh, with a much smaller company, Lansdowne uh, Oil and Gas. It's a UK company, um, and uh, nothing ever came of it. But the the the, the nuance here is that. It would have allowed Barry Rowe to actually get involved in a, in a, in a legal claim uh, alongside Lansdowne in order to try to claim back some of the money that they've lost on on, on this venture. Now Lansdowne has invested about twenty million in Barry Rowe, and they're saying that that their value represents a kind of one hundred and four million dollars based on 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 what could happen. And because they're an overseas company, they are allowed to to uh, basically get involved in. A, a, a thing called the Energy Charter Treaty, which is basically between, signed for, by projects in, in, for foreign investment, 53 companies in, in countries, including Ireland. And Barry Rowe, because they're a domestic company, aren't this option isn't open to them. But if they had merged with Lansdowne, it would have been open to them. Yeah. So, so it's getting it's getting bitter. And but also there's big money involved, as you make uh, make it clear. Like, I mean, a, a suit worth 93 million is certainly something that will concentrate government minds. But I'm sure uh, Minister Ryan's department will have their side to say as well and will probably meet it aggressively enough. So we just have to see where that one goes. We won't get into the weeds too much because it is it is very much about he said, she said and all the rest of it. Yeah, so it'll bubble away. One often we cover on this programme is where does cash go? Where can you get return? Where can you get yield? Um, You know, with inflation, that becomes even more urgent. Uh, Can I direct you to the examiner where we have a headline which says state prize bond fund established in 1957 reached a record 4.7 billion last year. So, this is people looking for an outlet to get a return in a high inflation environment. At least that's what I think it is. Well, what do you make of that story? Yeah, look, I, I, I think there is a natural affinity to the prize bonds in this country. And uh, given the fact that the, the prize bond fund has been running for over over half a century, kind of tells you that. But I think, the, 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 as you said, the, the, the prize bond fund itself reached a record 4.7 billion. But I, what I think is even more interesting these times is that the, the the unclaimed prize amount uh, was three point nearly three point four million um, at, at the end of two uh, at the end of twenty twenty two, and these these uh, funds are basically held indefinitely until the claim it, it comes along but from from the bondholder. So anybody out there with prize bonds, they should really just dig them out just for the, the for, for for the 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 sake of interest if nothing else. You never know what pleasant surprise might be coming your way. Yeah, but I think the other thing is that's interesting is that. You know, obviously, it's moved with the times, and and you know, their their sales increased by over five percent <clears throat> last year, and 
20% of that was done online and, and it's shown each year that there's a, a progression to, to, to move online in terms of the prize bond sales. Now, one other story that I want to talk about, because it hasn't really been identified that much in Ireland, which is the shortage of aircraft. Um, why do we care about that? Well, obviously, it'll probably put up uh, ticket prices if there's less planes to, to travel us around. But secondly, uh, more crucially here in local conditions, is we have a lot of aircraft lessors based in Dublin and other parts down in Shannon as well. Um, they're obviously going to benefit from this. And, and we're getting certain early signs of that. Uh, page two of the Irish Times Aircraft lesser SMBC books a profit of 318 million from renting out its aircraft as a fleet of both Airbus and Boeing. So I suppose, Aidan, this is just a worldwide trend. They're just simply, there was a big rebound from COVID. Everyone wants to jump on a plane and there just isn't enough aircraft to get them around. Yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, we've seen a significant uh, rebound in passenger traffic uh, to probably levels ahead of levels uh, reached in, in, in 2019, ahead of, of, of COVID-19. And as you said, SMBC, which is, is owned by the Japanese company Sumitomo, uh, they're the second largest uh, aircraft lesser in, uh, globally. And they've reported very, very strong numbers. They did a deal last year to, to buy over a, a smaller uh, entity. So they've now got almost 900 owned or managed aircraft uh, working in the system. And as you said, the, the demand is huge. We obviously saw it last week with the uh, the order, uh, Ryanair's order to Boeing yeah, over the next couple of years that the demand's still very, very strong. The one thing I suppose for the lessers is they, they, they're still a question about the all of the planes that are stuck in Russia uh, that they haven't managed to get out. And, you know, SMBC are, are, are facing a 1.1 billion loss stemming from termination of those agreement, of agreements on 34 aircraft uh, to Russian airlines. And there's obviously big legal cases going on at the minute as to whether who's going to pay that and things like that. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a very difficult industry, particularly when you, you get, you know, a, outside influences like a, a, a war in Russia. So not all plain sailing, but definitely good news. Yeah, now let's move to the more wider market trends. Uh, we don't have time, but for those who are listening, uh, Virgin Media are also increasing their prices. We won't talk about that, but just a, a little snippet that I know consumers watch very closely. But let's move a little bit more wider lens. Um, Germany, if I could take that one up first, mm. uh, Aidan. I mean, it's it's a powerhouse of Europe, drives the, the euro, drives the whole eurozone. Yesterday, it slipped into a technical recession of two consecutive quarters. It, it, where, where, where do you place that piece of news in a European context? Like, how important is it that Germany, do you expect it to be reasonably shallow or do you think it's a, a much more worrying development? It's look. I think at this early stage, it is very. It, it is a very shallow um, uh, recession. Like you're looking at in the, in 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 the last three months, uh, the out, output shrank about 0.3 percent, and it was about 0.5 the previous. So it's technically a recession, but it's not particularly deep. But I think it will be watched uh, as we go through the next couple of of, of quarters and see does it spread wider in, in 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 within Europe? Because you know, ultimately, as you said, Germany is the powerhouse, and there there there's a few kind of worrying signals on, on, on the horizon. We're seeing manufacturing definitely uh, getting weaker in Germany. I think the optimism that was around 
you know, uh, um, China reopening at the start of the year is beginning to fade. You know, it, China is very important for, for much more important for Europe than, say, it, it is for the US. So we're seeing those types of things. And I think the other thing that ultimately, and, and, and the big news, I suppose, within the German story is the weakness of the consumer. And um, we are seeing the consumer obviously uh, coming under pressure. It's going to be very interesting, certainly. It's something I'm watching uh, over the next couple of months and quarters to, as to whether we start seeing loan impairments being reported by the banks as, as just consumers struggle, consumers and businesses struggle to pay loan, their, 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 their loans in uh, after the significant increase in interest rates that we've seen over the last year. And we really haven't seen a kind of a strong economy to, to buy the other side of that and maybe improve, improve the outlook for companies. Now, while Main Street, uh, as the cliche goes in Hamburg, or Frankfurt is struggling uh, in the world of artificial intelligence there's nothing of that sort whatsoever we do have our first or we're about to have our first ever trillion dollar chip company NVIDIA a big US um, chip maker that is usually associated more with the gaming industry and, and graphics and so on but it, it's now developing into AI what do you make of this? It's a extraordinary results it had during the week. The shares have absolutely exploded. My um, Geiger counter always goes off when you see this sort of a uh, mm. real bullish activity. But I, I'm not. I'm not no uh, chip expert. But what do you make of what's happening with Nvidia and Intel sliding in the other direction? Unfortunately. I think, well, look, ultimately, I think in the wider context of the market, there's not a lot of, of, of major news and themes going on this, this year. So you're finding these types of stories come to the, to the fore very, very quickly. I think the other thing that's important is there is an awful lot of hype about this, uh, about AI. It seems, you know, if, if any company wants to get um, a pop in its share price, all it has to mention is that it is in some way connected to, to generative AI that we're, we're seeing right <laughs> take now. That, and, take that block blockchain label of and put on the yeah, generative AI what it's now, there guys. Now you've hit the nail on the head Emmett you just 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 change the, 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 the tag and, 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 and let it run again and that's that's what we've seen and and ultimately you know while the, the potential for, for sales is very strong over this long term you, you've got to wonder whether more than enough hype has been priced in you've got, you've got in the case of NVIDIA you've got a company that's trading on 25 times sales uh, at Ooh. this stage already so um, I for, I, I was, I'm around long enough to remember the dot-com bust and there was plenty of companies at that stage trading at those th- types of multiples and we saw what happened. I think there's no doubt about it, AI is going to be very strong, but it's a question of you know, what's getting priced in now and how long that will ultimately take to, to, to come through. Yeah, and finally, just before I let you go, in, and I have to keep this reasonably brief, the, the debt deal seems to be struggling towards the finishing line. If you're bullish, you're, you're probably on the right side of this one at the moment. It looks like Biden and McCarthy have the, the makings, at least, of, a, of an outline deal at this point. Look, this, is our, this happens every single time. We've had nearly 80 of these debt ceiling raises. There's lots of to and fro and, and, and hand-wringing it right all the way up to the one minute, to, one second to midnight, and lo and behold, the deal is done. I think it can still see, you know, you'll still see some volatility in certain parts of the market as we go day to day. But really, you know, I, I, I think... No politician is stupid enough to put, to put the, the U.S. into a situation where it defaults on its debt, you know, and, and if it did, it would have a not just a U.S. implication. I think it would have a, a, a global implication. OK, well, Aiden, who needs generative AI when you have Aidan Donnelly from Davies Stockbrokers to walk us through a real life human being here on the morning? Thank you very much, Aidan, for walking us through both markets and what's in the newspapers. We're going to take a break. And next up... The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.